I was traveling on that flight from Newark, New Jersey to San Francisco yesterday. And I felt precious Holy Spirit just fill me and inject, provide an infusion of his word. I've never preached this message before today. Never in all my years of ministry. We have been since the first week of January speaking from the gospel of Matthew. There are three narratives in Matthew that have a common denominator. To be very forthright, they have three common denominators. But I've never seen this revelation before until yesterday on that United Airlines flight. You're going to understand in a minute the implications of this message. Matthew chapter 8. Let me read two verses for you from Matthew chapter 8, the fifth and the sixth verses. When Jesus entered the village, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Hmm. Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. While he was speaking these things to them, a certain ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hands on her and she will live. Get this. The next story comes from Matthew 15, verse 21 and 22. Then Jesus left and went forth into the non-Jewish region of Lebanon. He encountered there a Canaanite woman who screamed out to him, Lord, son of David. Show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. What's the common denominator? You have a guy here who's a captain in the Roman army, and his son is paralyzed. You have a ruler, rich class ruler in the Jewish people, Jairus, and his daughter is dying or dead. And you have this Lebanese Canaanite woman who says, my daughter is demon-possessed. What's the common denominator? There's two generations. There's two generations. I want to speak to you about the faith of generation now and the face of generation next. One generation did something that resulted in the breakthrough for the next generation. The faith of generation now and the face of generation next. They all did three things. One, they all engaged Jesus about the next generation. Paralyzed, dead or dying, demon possessed. I'm <laughs> sorry, it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> they all engaged Jesus. They all encountered an attribute or a virtue of Jesus that led to each corresponding breakthrough. And they all exhibited, according to Jesus, ridiculous faith. Three common denominators. They all engaged Jesus about the next generation. Because the next generation was paralyzed, dying, or bound. Our God is the God of generations. Let me repeat that. Our God is the God of generations. From Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, God operates with a generational lens. While our salvation is individual... The transmission of the gospel takes place through a multi-generational network, God's 5G. It's generational. What I do in my generation will determine what the next generation will reap. You're going to get this. Psalm 78 verse 4. We will not hide from them, their children, but to tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. Luke 1.50 
and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Generational interdependence cannot be denied. In other words, the health of the next generation depends upon the holiness of the now generation. I may have to repeat that. The health of the next generation depends upon the holiness of the now generation. The now generation has to get it right. The faith of the next generation relies upon the fight of the now generation. And I want to I interject here. This is not about Generation X. No, no, no. If you're a millennial here, raise your hand, all the millennials. Generation Z is the next to your now. So with the millennial generation, that's the now. The X generation, that's the now. If you're alive and you are over 18 years of age, you are the now. So we need to get things right for the next. What the now generation conquers will determine what the next generation will possess. What the now generation sows will determine what the next generation will reap. In other words, the now generation's courage will become the next generation's conviction. Or, on the other hand, the now generation's complacency will become the next generation's captivity. Ladies and gentlemen, the next generation is under assault. Paralyzed by relativism. Dying because of lies. Tormented by victimization. Why? Hell knows something. Hell senses something. Hell has some intel. From Genesis to Revelation, when Pharaoh came after the baby Israelites, he came after them because he knew someone would emerge that would threaten his rule. Ho, ho, ho. When Herod came after the babies when Jesus was born, he knew that someone was emerging that would threaten his reign and his power. Why is the enemy threatening an entire generation? Because the enemy knows that the next generation will usher in the glory of Jesus. You miss that. The enemy knows the next generation will usher in the glory of Jesus like the world has never seen before. I want you to know, get ready. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. There was a survey released in the past 14 days that said that after COVID, churches will lose 35% of what they had before COVID. 35% of attendees, members, adherents. That's the survey. That 35% of the people that used to go to church are not going to go to church again let me just say it though it's gonna sound a little bit tough I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus I declare the opposite I declare that instead of losing people we are about to see more people come to Jesus more people filled with the Holy Spirit than ever before if you believe it somebody just shout like you know what you're Three different chapters, three different individuals did the very same thing. They all engaged Jesus for salvation, deliverance, and healing. I want to remind you, I want to remind you, oh, oh, oh Lord, Ooh. I just want to remind you respectfully, Facebook can't save the next generation. Instagram can't deliver the next generation. Twitter can't heal the next generation, but Jesus can. I said, Jesus can. Jesus can. 
Let's come in agreement and believe God for Acts 16.31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your you and your household. Malachi 4, 6. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. What does that mean? Turn on the porch light. Our prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home. So I'm, I'm here to tell you the next generation will be saved. The next generation will be delivered. The next generation will be healed. The next generation will change the world. Now, here we go. They all engage Jesus for the salvation, deliverance, and healing of the next generation. All of them. What a wild thing. Almost identical narratives. But they each activated a different virtue trait, a gift that came out of Jesus. This story here is wild. This guy's a centurion, a Roman captain in the Roman army. He sees Jesus, comes up to Jesus. This is so amazing. Comes up to Jesus. This guy's not even a Jew. Comes up to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, my son. Yeah, he's at home. Not here. He's at home. He's paralyzed. And I know that the breakthrough is in you. Jesus says, I like you. Let's go see him. This is Jesus. Let's go see him. He cuts Jesus off and says, oh, no, 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 no. You don't need to go. Jesus, pardon me. You don't need to go. I'm a captain. I know when someone has authority. He tells them, I have people under me and I have people above me. I don't need to be there. All I got to do is say the word. And whatever I say has to take place. Hey, Jesus. Jesus, you don't need to be there. All I need you to do is say the word. And by the time I get home, I know that my son will no longer be paralyzed. Somebody say the word. I dare you to lift up your hands now and say, say the word. Say the word. Watch your family get saved. Watch your children be set free. Watch your sickness go away. Watch the breakthrough take place in your family. Somebody say, say the word. Say the word. He understood the authoritative nature of the word of God. That is why he understood there's power in your word. Your word is not a normal cup of tea. Your word has power. Matter of fact, you don't have to even be there. You just... That's wild because he understood authority. Oh, what am I telling you right now? Watch this, watch this. Isaiah 55, 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out. It will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. That's the word of the Lord. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words abide in you, you will ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Hebrews 4, 12. The word of God is quick and powerful it's the word when the now generation encounters the word of God the next generation will discover the will of God I'm going to repeat that when the now generation encounters the word of God the next generation will discover the will of God I'm speaking to all the centurions all the captains in the house I'm speaking to all of you that have authority somewhere in your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry. God, I'm telling you, don't let go of the word. 
No, 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 no. This generation will never come out of paralysis if we let go of the word. No, you're missing that. Don't let the Supreme Court rewrite the word of God. Don't. Don't let the White House rewrite the word of God. Don't let Congress tell us what the word. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but God's word will never. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women, boyfriends and girlfriends, husbands and wives, listen carefully. God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. His word doesn't change. What he said about holiness hasn't changed. What he said about truth hasn't changed. What he said about love hasn't changed. What he said about grace, heaven, and hell hasn't changed. What he said about gender and human sexuality hasn't changed. What he said about race being one hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. It will not change. It cannot change. So whatever you're reading in the news, I just want to remind you, CNN is not the gospel. Fox is not the gospel. MSNBC is not the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus. This is the gospel of Jesus. And this generation will never come out of paralysis if we water down the word. If we compromise the word, if we sell out the word, don't let go of the word. This generation will never come out of paralysis until we encounter the word of God. Lift up your hands. I am declaring a word revival. I am declaring that people are about to grow in the word of God. They're going to try to take the Bible away from social media platforms. They're going to try to censor certain chapters and certain verses. Oh, but just like China, the more they try to shut you down. We're going to see an explosion of the Word of God. Somebody prays like you know it and believe it. Say the word. Say the word. Say the word. If you're getting this, raise your hand. That's the word. The word. The word. Let generation now. Every grab a hold of the word. When the now generation encounters the word of God, the next generation will do the will of God. right here that was the word what did this guy discover he discovered the power of the presence of God the word the presence of God oh he, he says I think she's dead 
I didn't get the latest text message. It looks like my daughter is dead. Yeah, that's, we're breaking down the original language. It looks like she's dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, but if your presence shows up, he didn't say, I think she may come back to life. I hope she comes back to life. He said, oh, no, 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 no. If your presence shows up, she'll come back to life. Somebody say, the presence changes everything. Psalm 16, says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. Exodus 13, 14 says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Acts chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, the times of refreshing may come from the very presence of the Lord. In the presence of God, there is joy. There is rest. There is a refresh. It changes everything. I want to be honest with you. Ho, ho, ho. And, and I say this with, with humility because all glory be to God. How, how it all happened. I have been in the presence of presidents. I have had dinner. I have shaken hands. I have been in the presence of George W. Bush. I have been in the presence of Barack Obama. I have been in the presence of Donald Trump. I have been in the presence of Pope Francis. And God blessed them all. But nothing. Nothing can compare to the presence of the Father the presence of the Son and the presence of God's Holy Spirit. Nothing can compare to the presence of God. Somebody shout, God's presence changes everything. Look at your neighbor, tell them, God's presence changes everything. Because when I was in their presence, nothing happened to me perfectly and eternally. But in the presence of God, the chains came off. In the presence of God, salvation took place. In the presence of God, there is deliverance, there is healing. When the now generation encounters the presence of God, the next generation will experience the power of God. Let me repeat that. When the now generation encounters the presence of God, the next generation will experience the power of God. All my millennials, raise your hands. All my millennials, raise your hands. This is a presence-oriented generation. That generation hungers for the presence of God. Not the religious. Not the fake. Not the dogmatically created, super religious, legalistically infused setting that created a lid for a generation to encounter. This generation wants the real deal and it can smell the fake a million miles away. We are about to see, and it's Generation Z is going to surprise the world. Anybody who is 18 and younger, that generation will not be like the last Christian generation quite the opposite it'll be the generation that'll kick out hell kick out devils and demons and legions and principalities and powers of darkness if you believe this with me praise like you know god's about to show a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Psalm 84, 10. There it is. 
Are there any questions? He said the word. Say the word. Say the word. He said the word. He didn't even need to be there. Paralysis went away. He stepped into. She was dead. She was dead. He stepped in there. The presence of Jesus changed everything. Came back to life. Came back to life. Y'all think some of your kids are dead in sin. Watch them come back to life. Oh, I sense the Holy Ghost. Watch God show up. I got to... <laughs> Out of all of these, this is the most controversial. This Lebanese woman, a Canaanite, Jesus and his boys, there they are, gathered, doing their thing. She comes over. This is controversial. She comes over and says... May I help you? Yeah. Jesus? Yeah. My daughter's demon possessed. She's bound. Only you can set her free. No one else can. Only you. You expect Jesus to go like, oh, well, let me just say a word. Let me go with you. Jesus looks at her and says, not, not your turn. The way the culture, the phrase from the culture back in the day, if you were busy doing something and you wanted to tell somebody it's not your season, it's not your turn, you would tell them, listen, this is not like, this is not a time for the dogs to show up and beg for stuff. Culturally contextualized, historically contextualized, so don't think that Jesus called her a dog explicitly. Like, bye, wow, wow, yippee, yay, yippee, yay. It wasn't that. It was Jesus going like, Look, look, look. First of all, she's a Canaanite Lebanese woman. Not good. Why? Jesus is saying this. Listen, my priority right now is my people. I got to take care of my peeps. Later on, it's time for you. But right now, it's for my peeps. So I'm not going to take my time to address anything that has to do. Right now, I'm busy. I'm busy with my peeps and my plan. So look, he literally told her, it ain't your turn. He says, Listen, this is not time. I'm, I don't have time to cater to dogs crying, you know, barking at the table, be begging for things. She could have done this. Jesus said no. She could have gone on Twitter and started a hashtag I'm offended campaign. She could have started a cancel Jesus campaign. Because I'm woke and I want to cancel the Messiah. But she did it. Do you know what she did? She looked at her and went, oh, you just told me, like, I'm, uh, yeah, well, sir, even dogs eat from the crumbs that come from the table. Oh, you missed it. I'm going to tell you what she's saying. It may not be my season, but I'm not going anywhere until you give me my breakthrough. It may not be my turn. 
but I'm not going anywhere until you give me my breakthrough. Somebody shout like it's your turn. Even when it's not your turn. Stand with me. You are crazy. Crazy. It may not be my season, but I'm not leaving until I get what only you can give me. Jesus looked at her and said, your faith woman, your faith just gave you what you've been asking for and hoping for. I'm declaring upon somebody right now, it may not look like it's your season, it may not look like it's your turn, but God's about to give you what you've been asking for, praying for, fasting for. You're standing with me. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. There's breakthrough in the house right now. There's breakthrough. There was a young lady that approached me a few minutes ago. I'm going to speak into you right now. Right now you are spiritually set free. Just like she was set free. You are free right now by the power of God. Every spirit that bound you. Every spirit that's trying to bind the generation. Every lie of the devil trying to bind the generation. We rebuke every spirit. Every demonically infused reality. Every vestige of darkness. If you got this, raise your hands. The mercy of God is still saying yes. So what did you all miss it? All the theologians. This was the word? This was the presence. What was this? The mercy of God. He had mercy upon someone. Mercy is when you don't deserve it and you still get it. Great is your mercy. That's mercy. When the now generation walks with the mercy of God, the next generation will receive the freedom that's in God. The word. Somebody say the word. The, word. the, presence. the presence. The mercy. The mercy. Same result. All because the now generation was willing to intercede for the next. The holiness of the now generation will determine the health of the next generation. The fight of the now generation will determine the fate of the next generation. So rise up, rise up, rise up. If you got this word, say amen. amen. They all exhibited radical, ridiculous, restorative faith. Matthew 8.10, Matthew 9.22, Matthew 15.28. Those are the verses. The exhibit. The exhibit. The exhibit. Oh. Engage, encounter, exhibit. Look up here for a second. I've lived this out. Samuel Rodriguez is the byproduct of the word, the presence, and the mercy of God. I wouldn't be here right now if not for that. Don't move for a second. I know where you're standing and people on, online, even the people online are standing right now. So here's what we're doing. You heard this story. If not, you're going to hear it because it's different now of what happened this week. That's what triggers all of this. When I was 13, 14 years of age, right there in that transitional time between 13 and 14 
I was in an Assembly of God church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. The pastor was Luis Lugo. I'm telling you all the data. So it's completely verifiable. I was seated back here, over there, over there, over there, over here. There was a young lady seated that I had, I had my eye on. Beautiful. That woman, just glory be to God. That's my wife of 31 years, ladies and gentlemen. We sure hope so. If not, this conversation becomes really awkward. I was seated back there. My parents are not preachers. They love Jesus. They're not preachers. And I was a nerd. I grew up with whatever reason God gifted me with an inclination for mathematics and science. I wanted to be a computer engineer. I wanted to study at, to, to work at IBM. I went to Penn State, graduated from Lehigh University. My commitment was math and science. I was a nerd. Glasses and all. I looked like they walked like they talked like it. A nerdy kid, nerdy kid, nerdy kid. I was watching National Geographic and PBS things before any of that was famous. I was there. Like, that's me. So I doubted the stuff. I doubted this. I doubted the whole. And then I went to a church that, that got a little bit loud and all that. And I went like, that's hype. That's like cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. That's like all exuberance. And I, miracles, way, I went, all right, whatever, right? Prayer language, I would go like, are you kidding me? What are they saying? These guys are nuts. The Teen Challenge Choir comes in for the first time, steps up. They visit our church. They come from Reedersburg where David Wilkerson had the camp. It's about an hour and a half drive. Teen Challenge Choir, this guy comes up, he sings, and he's singing now. He's singing, Holy Spirit, thou art welcomed in this place. Right? I was, so he's singing. In the middle of the song, he goes, Holy Spirit, thou art. I'm going, oh, snap. And he says, um, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit just told me, there's a word for someone here. There's a, a Sammy in this place. Sammy, not Billy, not Johnny. Not Jose Maria Socorro Menendez Guadalupe. Because that would have been like guaranteed. It's a Jose Maria Guadalupe Sanchez. It was a Latino church. He says, there's a Sammy. And then the church, being a Hispanic church, really quiet. I'm kidding about that. They all went, ahí está el muchacho. Not making this up. Which means, ahí está el muchacho. So I'm going like, oh no. Like, are you kidding me? Then my pastor, who I love, who could be streaming now, I love him. He's close to 80 years of age. He's not already 80. He's beautiful. My pastor says, Sammy, that's you. I'm like, oh, what are you doing, right? I come up. This guy comes out and goes like this. Oh, the Lord interrupted this service to speak to you. Oh, Sammy, the Lord says what I'm going to do with He even says, Sammy, Sammy, the Lord says you're going to pray and speak over the president of the United States of America. You're going to preach around the world. He started laying out my entire life. I left that service going like, president of the United States. It all happened, as you well know. Everything that was prophesied when I was 14, except one thing always intrigued me. My wife and I would have a conversation for 31 years, and we would go. Because then Christianity Today, all those profiles they did on me in different news outlets, secular and Christian, would reference this story. Sammy was received a word. In the secular stories would have quotes. Received a word. 
right? And then the, the Christianity Today, Charisma, all those Christian posts, they all talked about the story. And they said, when he was 14, 13 years old, Sammy received the word, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she and I would go like, wouldn't it be cool to ever meet the guy? Because we forgot who he was, his name, all of that. We remember the imagery, but, you know, and she was there, my mom was there, my pastor was there, you know, we know that it happened. But we go, wouldn't it be cool? 31 years. We even said, but maybe he's dead. Because he's, you know, older, much older. Right? So all of a sudden, this past week, I'm preaching at a prophetic conference in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, an amazing conference, Life Center with Charles Scott and Scott. Great church. That's where Todd White came out of. Great church. So 14, I get that word. I gave my first sermon when I was 14. I did my first outing when I was 16. Started our television ministry when I was 18. It's been a long time. So all these years, I told you that my wife was in the audience, right? So was my mom and so forth. And, but, but, and so, but my wife and I have had a 31-year conversation about one interesting thing. My wife has, oh, and this is written, I mean, CT'd, all the profiles they've done on me, they've written about when he was 14, Pastor Sam had this encounter. And my wife and I have always had a conversation. She says, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could ever connect to that choir director from Teen Challenge, right? So that's like 31 years of hands. Matter of fact, she would even ask with great due deference. Yeah, we have to do that now because it's part of the polity. She, she would say, hopefully that person's still alive, right? And I go, yeah, that'd be cool and like awesome. So I come to this conference yesterday. God gives me the word about be light and burning bright and all that. And then at the, oh, where are you, Bernie? Where's he at? Where did he go? Is he here? Can you come here? Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever in my life, I want to introduce you to the person who prophesied to me. You need to come up here. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, when I was 14 years old, this man went to my Assembly of God church in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and he prophesied into me about presidents of the United States of America. <laughs> this is going to sound awkward. I've been looking for you all of my life. You need to tell them just the whole thing, please. <laughs> well, we were singing song David Wilkerson actually he loved Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place and right in the middle God said you need to step out there's somebody here named Sammy and I said Bernie you're crazy <laughs> his name is Sammy and I thought well it's a Hispanic church there's probably at least one Sammy in the crowd and he said, step out, stop the song, say man of God. He's not a man of God right now, but he's a man of God. That's how I see him. Tell him he will speak to presidents. And uh, all these years, I have read about Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, but when you told the story, I looked at my wife and she looked at me and she said, is that our Sammy?
amazing is prophesy over your children and your children's children. Prophesy over your family. Prophesy over your city. Prophesy over your nation. It shall come to pass. You told me that you kept, for a while, you were praying over that Sammy. That's right. I'm going to send you a picture of my wife and I in my office. I think you can see the little note that says Sammy. Because we knew God was going to use you. And we prayed your name. And we said your name. You take that prodigal. Say his name. Pray his name. Say her name. Pray her name. Speak it. Let the Ryan roar! What am I telling you right now? you and your children and your children's children he he because of that word ushered me to the presence of God to experience the mercy of God and that's why I'm here right now he he could have said no he even said he even said and I have the video I'm going to post it on my Instagram account tonight so you can hear the whole thing from him the video not just the picture I posted on my account tonight so you can see the whole thing he even said that he was hesitant of giving the word because the name Sammy, it wasn't like Jose Maria. So like Sammy, a, a Spanish typical name, there has to be at least one here. He didn't want to get it wrong because it's not like the normal, normal, typical, supposedly Spanish name. So he even, he said, even said, but when God said, there's a Sammy here and I have destiny for him, he said, I have no choice. It even interrupted the song. What am I here to tell you? I'm here to tell you everything that God has promised you I want you to rebuke every lie of the devil against you because if you embrace the word of God, if you are hungry for the presence of God, and if you walk in the grace of God, it will come to pass. If you receive all of this, now give God your best shout of praise. Somebody shout, say the word. Say the word. Say the word. Say the word. Somebody say, in his presence, in his presence, and somebody say, it's my season, even when it's not. One more shout of victory right now. Let me pray for you. Close your eyes. Man, take this message with you. Share it on our podcast. Tomorrow morning will be available on Spotify, iTunes. Take it, run with it. Podbean, all the platforms. Heavenly Father, every single person here, I sense your anointing. Lord, every single person here is committed. Every generation now, remember, be it X, be it Y or Z, Lord, the boomers and the busters, every single generation, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph that are in this auditorium or streaming right now, even Generation Z has to get ready for the generation that follows after them. So, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, we come together and we say yes to your word. Yes, God. We're not going to let go of your word. We're not going to compromise it. We're not going to let politicians redefine your word. And we're not going to let any, any government tell us what we can and cannot preach. Lord, we're going to hold on to your word. Your word, your word, your word is life. And, Lord, we're going to be hungry for your presence. Instead of being hungry for more followers, we're going to be hungry for the presence of the living God. We hunger for righteousness. We hunger for your glory, your presence. And Lord, 
even when it's not our turn through the blood of Jesus it's our turn so we declare paralysis comes to an end whatever was dead has come back to life and whatever was bound is now set free if you come in agreement with this prayer all I need you to do is say in Jesus name amen and give him the final shout of the day in Jesus name amen one more shout of praise How many received this word?